electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Futures green after three days of losses for the Dow. Investors looking over some of the coronavirus headlines this morning including the smallest number of new confirmed cases since January, although the death toll now exceeds 2,000. Europe's green wholesale inflation with a surprise pop up five-tenths, looking for one-tenth and Fed minutes at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Our roadmap begins with the virus risk for stocks. Investors closely monitoring the potential economic fallout of the coronavirus outbreak as the death toll crosses 2,000. Plus, Tesla stock, guess what it's doing? Yeah, spiking yet again. Why one analyst thinks energy generation and storage are going to be the next big thing to fuel the company's growth. And shares of Dish Network rallying that satellite TV provider beating estimates as pay TV subs decline, but at a slower pace. Stocks are poised for a positive open after the number of new virus cases falls in mainland China and Chinese officials announce fresh measures to support businesses that are struggling due to the outbreak. Globally, the number of confirmed cases exceeds 75,000 with confirmed deaths surpassing 2,000. But Jim, as we said, uh, lowest number of new numbers Right. It's for the month so far. Uh, we had Dr. Fauci on yesterday uh, at Closing Bell, and he was the most optimistic, I think, of, of the times he was on. He did point out, he was asked a question about whether, what did he feel about the Americans coming off the Japanese ship? And he said, pretty good, it was my decision. So, I mean, what I say is that he's more or less in charge. And he's basically saying, look, it's not the end of the world. There's going to be some things that go wrong. But it, when I say that he was the most bullish, what I say is, is that I watch the nightly show that we do, which is so good. And I got a sense that he's seeing that there could be a path uh, for this to uh, and not as horribly. How about that? And so, uh, but he does not say, hey, listen, the numbers are better because I think he's learned his lesson. Unless he's in there, he can't tell about these real numbers. But the numbers, I mean, if you just, if they're not totally lying, what you do is you think there's two sets of numbers. There's the numbers in the cordon, and you can't get out of the cordon. And then the numbers away from the cordon. There's also a uh, nine-year-old below, don't get it, uh, 30 and under, uh, very little lethality, 50 to 30, not that bad, uh, 60, not so hot. Mm-hmm. Not so hot, meaning if you have 14% death, that is actually a very high rate. So when you get to that 70, 80, so it's just be aware that what it seems like to me is, is that there's, it, it, there's an age bias that we should be talking about that no one's talking about. Oh, it's just really dangerous. As it is with the classic influenza as well. Right. Um, casinos are going to open uh, this week. There's some stories out of the out of Reuters that uh, they're opening roads, trying to get back to work. Although now we're getting Adidas and Puma, Adidas saying sales are down 85 percent year on year. Is is this going to be a free pass for companies who want to guide lower? I think so. When you look at Kimberly Greenberger, who's a very good analyst, uh, talking about how Nike's going to have numbers down one to six percent. Uh, I don't know how is it possible that Adidas is just getting clubbed 
And Nike's bad. I mean, Donahoe's good, but this is Donahoe's the CEO. Yeah, but he but, just took the job. So. But this is uh, store closures. This says buy Nike. Now, Nike's barely down, but this is buy Nike. Uh, now, there's also something we got to talk about. There are stocks that are on the ticker underneath. And there's fuel cell, it's Ballard Power, Virgin Galactic. Yeah. Um, then uh, Enphase. Ballard These, Power again, right? Ballard Remember, Power. That's, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's a level of a bubbling of belief that, you know what? If we don't want to buy Chinese stocks, we can go, go to the moon with uh, Virgin Galactic. Th- those are usually bad signs. But, you know what? We're in a market where if you say that, you're a killjoy. Killjoy actually trading down. Uh, and, and These I, guys, by the way, filed on Friday quietly right for a long weekend for 31 million I know, David, shares in S1. Hey, why are you even bringing that up? I, I don't, I don't why, know. Why you get, maybe people why, would want to know. Why are you letting the facts get in the way of an incredible story? So what I'm saying is, is that there's a level of optimism here, Carl, that is out of sync with what you might have felt Monday uh, with Apple. And there's also a degree of, I mean, what's really ailing Apple? It's hard to get a hall pass to go outside your house. Now, when I see the streets of Beijing being completely empty, and there's a good story in Financial Times about how hard it is to get workers there, I, I find it hard to believe that everything's going up. But I also find that I'm out of date. I'm not going to say the market's wrong. I'm going to say I'm out of date. There are people who are buying Virgin Galactic, and I can't tell them not to. What are you going to do? Tell, what are you going to tell them? That we're not going to Mars someday? I mean, I listened to Jensen uh, Wang over at, uh, at NVIDIA, which is, of course, uh, upgraded today by someone who missed about 150 points. And they're going to the moon. They're going to the moon, David. Okay. Sounds good to me. So are, is, I'm not you, are you thinking of adding though. space to your um, charitable no, trust? No, no. I just, it's like, I just feel like, okay, I've seen this movie very, very many times. And then it turns out it's a Netflix. It's a series. It's Narcos 2 Mexico, which I'm not, I'm not crazy about. No, I never watched Narcos 1. So. Well, Cooperman on the half yesterday did say we're in the early stages of knocking on the door of euphoria. Right. Not quite in euphoria. Uh, there are conditions. Uh, the conditions for a big decline are not yet present. Right. I thought that was uh, very encouraging. That was a really interesting talk with, with Lee Cooperman. Uh, and, and I think that one of the undercurrents is that he's he's trying to articulate what I see, which is that, hey, it's crazy out there, but not crazy enough or not crazy enough to do some selling. And then he mentioned a lot of stocks that we all know. Like I, I thought that Alphabet was a class example of what he's saying. He says, yeah, we could buy some Alphabet. He also had these value stocks, the oils. And those are di- those are dinosaur. Well, you've said they're uninvestable. They are uninvestable. He seemed to indicate whatever. I mean, Lee's running his own money these days, but you want to listen to him. Um, They're uninvestable. You say they're uninvestable. He says they're cheap. I say potato. And you say they're going to stay that way. Right. Well, look at BP. BP raises its dividend. BP is a mighty stock. They've got tremendous cash flow. It is doing incredibly well. So how much does BP go up when it raises dividend and reported great quarter? It didn't. Goes down, too. Yeah, no. So wait a minute, Concha. Someone was saying, buy Concha, the dividend's going up. Are you kidding me? Unless they get a bid from Occidental, I mentioned that because they're funny, yeah. um, you, you, you find this situation where like, the Bakken numbers from Rusty Brazil, that I get Bakken's now selling. They're producing so much oil. Everyone is producing oil. They're, and they're doing it with far fewer rigs. I mean, I, I don't know. We got a lot of oil. We have a lot of oil. Uh, China obviously is not using the energy that it 
had. No, it's that's important. First quarter, they're not consuming as much coal either. Probably the air is probably cleaner there than it's been in some time. Well, there's a coal, um, you know, there's a coal company. It's a console coal company. It's see, your terrible. point about there not perhaps being the incremental buyer for companies that are not doing well on their ESG scores. Right. And fossil fuels, regardless of the efforts that they're making, and many are making. BP put out its fifty-year plan. Put out that plan. The plan was a good one. Doesn't seem to be making progress. No, it doesn't matter. In terms of at least with getting through investor psychology and/or appealing to the growing number of assets we discuss all the time that are moving into strategies that at least incorporate some sort of screening for environmental, social, and governance uh, aspects of companies. Yeah, they uh, these. Money managers and youth, they don't like it. They like Virgin Galactic. They like yeah. Fuel Cell. They like Enphase. It's interesting because when you talk to chief executives these days, it's not just about their company being favored by investors who are looking at ESG. It's also their employees who are pushing them. Oh, yes. And it's their customers as well that are demanding it from them. It's coming at them from all sides. Uh, their shareholder base or a potential shareholder base. Right. Their employees who yes. want values that they can ascribe to, that they can believe in, uh, and therefore push it. And their customers who right. on RFPs, when they get them, actually say, hey, you've got to hit this, 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 and this in terms of well, packaging, in terms of all the different When I was things. out with Satya Nadella, he's telling his suppliers, this is the way it has to be. Right. And when Microsoft and it's does that, they, yeah, I mean, you, you want to listen. Yeah, you want to stay on the right side of Microsoft. Look, look the, the, there is, with, without a doubt, a move by kids, so to speak, that's driving this thing. Now, a lot of people are saying, oh, will you give me a break? The kids can't be doing it. They are. Yeah. They're very... They're, I would how, argue this is what's, what's good about capitalism. Ooh, Let's not forget, as like it gets it. debated tonight on the stage by some of those candidates... This is where, where does capitalism, market and corporate, where does capitalism market fit in with those dictating guys? Certain, my point is that things are changing. Since the election of 2016, the coal ETF's down 21. The clean energy ETF, uh, PBW, is up 139%. Absolutely. It's, yeah, just, the, it's just money making decisions. Right. right? What's incredible is, is that Germany's increased coal. India's increased coal. What's that China's increased coal. I know. Uh, we should be making a lot of money on coal. Coal is not working. They're just not making a lot of money. Wind, Wilder Hill. I mean, there well, we go. If we could get natural gas to the to them more cheaply, that's bridge fuel. They might. Uh, I know it's a bridge fuel. Well, but the, it's better the, than burning. The Germans coal. have rejected it in order to be able to get it from the Russians. Yeah. Go figure that. That's not what is that about? I don't know. I'm with the president on that. I'm just going to say it. Well, as far as coronavirus goes, again, tonight, our special 7 p.m. Eastern time, uh, get a sense of uh, where all the headlines are leading us as the story changes from day to day. Meantime, the Tesla rally is regaining some steam. Piper ups the target to 928. They were at 729, now a street high. Analyst Alexander Potter and Winnie Dong say they expect Tesla to achieve the same success in energy generation and storage that it has in vehicles. Pre-market, it was 920, which would be a record close yeah. if it could hold. It, look, uh, the Tesla, the new fee, if you look at Enphase, E-N-P-H, uh, which has these beautiful tiles that make your roof look even better than it does, you realize uh, that Tesla has something going with solar. And if you read the report, I mean, they're talking about the next, next leg being not even tied into what is so-called our coal-based system, which is not true. Only 28% of our energy is from coal. But it, there does seem to be a, a move 
by uh, by Musk to get off the grid. How is he able to do all this? Isn't anyone else jealous of the guy? No? I mean, he's, what was it like to be working with Edison? It's like, hey, man, that guy's, I'm an idiot. Edison, you know where Edison's from? Let me quiz him. You know, where, you know where Edison's from? New Jersey. What town? Edison. Edison. Every time I think he I have him, he can't get Every me. time I pull him, I uh, so we're seeing a lot of uh, capitulation on uh, batteries and rooftop solar. I mean, remember when that was considered to be a bad move? Well, you know what? Uh, this is now energy generation storage. Tesla's other segment is starting to really roll. Now, I come back. Anybody who goes in that last conference call was the work of genius. And it talked about April being battery month. I won battery month. He has not given us the day of battery day, but that day. I am going to bring in all the batteries that are going to be taken out because of him, including the traditional car batteries. And you're going to have to live with it. We're going to set them on fire. I don't know. National Battery Day. I mean, now people are starting to understand what he's talking about. He's talking about how the battery could be a thing of the past or the new battery can uh, take you far further. Now, the people say, Jim, that's not the point uh, on Twitter. And, you know, Jimmy Chill blocks every single person who starts with that's not the point. Yeah. What's your point? That's a classic. Yeah. What's your point? Uh, How now, about the fact maybe, that this Now we'll start to fabulous. move on to recycling capacity and some of the longer-term structural issues that batteries bring, which has not been part of the conversation. My, uh, my buddy Michael Haley is a junk guy. Won't take him. He'll take anything. I mean, I've seen Haley take kryptonite, but he will not take these batteries. He won't. Too dangerous. Hmm. Yeah, the old batteries. That's a really good point. No one's talking about that. Um, but, you know, he'll solve that, too, and then you'll feel bad. Let's hope he does. He will. What is, is he going to solve world peace? How's he on that? I don't think he's that good on that. You know? No. Remember when he used to just smoke doobies and make fun of the SEC? Yeah. Well, he, yeah. Now he's got to deal with Bill Gates buying the competitor's product. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's become, he's an elder statesman. There's a little Gandhi in him that I didn't count on. It's been a very good year. It's been a, it's been an, where are the sellers, Carl? Where are the people who have made so much money in Tesla that they want to ring the register? How about all these kids who bought one stock and it's Tesla and now they think they're Buffett? David, it's a voting machine versus a weighing machine. These people should all be interviewed by Becky Quinn. Every child who bought a share of Tesla. How did you do that? Well, I did cash, did discounted cash flow analysis. This is the most amazing, sensational thing I have seen in my career. People just continue to make money on a company that actually they... But look, do you think this Piper, this guy, this guy didn't go to college to get stupid? What's this fellow's name? Um, Alexander Potter. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. They, they're geniuses. They're geniuses. This guy's a genius, David. Yeah, Mr. Potter. Yes, yes. Ha- yes. Wonderful life. I've been on Potter's Field. It's not so hot. No. Uh, when we come back, we'll get Kramer's Matt Dash. We'll count down to the opening bell, take another look at the pre-market. Lots of names to get to today. you got an Adobe Street High Target. As Jim says, Bernstein uh, doing a little guilt trip on NVIDIA. Squawk on the Street continues in just a moment. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range, 
and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. We got 12 minutes before we get started with an opening bell here. We like to call it Hump Day, of course. Came early this week. Yes, it did. It was uh, the first work day. Uh, NVIDIA, we spent a lot of time talking about it late last week after right. earnings. It surged. You want to talk about it again on the Mad Dash? Well, uh, Bernstein comes out and recommends it. Uh, now, what do you do if you stay negative? Well, what you do is you say, uh, obviously, uh, this was uh, not growing more constructive on the shares was an error. So they admit it. And I think that's terrific. But they just talk about data center, machine learning, artificial intelligence, the new ray trace game uh, that there's so many. Uh, there's just so many things that are going now right here. They're calling this a false peak because this was built on Bitcoin. And it turned out when Bitcoin just fizzled out. Uh, NVIDIA was uh, in the wilderness, mm-hmm. and then NVIDIA is just a horse. This is Jensen Wong, Colette Crest, the really unbelievable team. Uh, and this and AMD, remember AMD had the bad quarter at 50, went down to 47, now it's at 57. These are levered to the data center, which is so back. And remember what I told you about NVIDIA, what's going to happen one day. You're bored, you create five people to, to talk to you about Shakespeare. Maybe first the histories, then the comedies, and ultimately the tragedies over the course of six hours. Because rather than watch Netflix, you get a, get, get a gathering of holograms powered by NVIDIA. That's what they're going to be able to do because of David, I think they have conversational inference. You're going to create your own book club. They, yes, they know. They know. Like, let's just say. You have no friends who can actually yes, create you know, friends. Falstaff's an idiot. Okay? I have to like Falstaff. Well, no, let me tell you on page 492 of the, of the annotated row, Falstaff actually has tremendous legitimacy. This is the new NVIDIA chips. It's going to happen. Get ready for it. And I can show you an NVIDIA game, and I can show you Star Wars, and you can't tell which is the real and which is the not. Right. And by the way, Jensen Wong is also putting him in on Mars. He's calculated it. David. Some AI, people are great. Now, unlike, unlike Musk. When does the world end, Jim? When is it up there? When it hits there? David. When they create our, you know, the David, Terminator? When if is the, the, David, the if the world ends, there? we'll go to Mars, have a dynamite time, and we'll do the Mad Dash from Mars. Right. The hell? Virgin Galactic's going to take us there. Yeah, it'll take us to the end. All right. We got a lot more to cover. Uh, those dish numbers, of course, we want to get to as well. Cord cutting slowed a little bit, uh, at least. And by the way, be sure to check out our podcast can listen to the opening bell hour of Squawk on the Street wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be right back. For more than a decade, Comcast has been committed to bridging the digital divide and connecting millions to affordable high-speed internet. But the barriers to get connected go well beyond affordability. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to reach millions with digital skills training, resources, and opportunities needed to succeed in a digital world. Project Up, building a future of unlimited possibilities. Learn more at Comcast.com slash Project Up. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. 
For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Futures look pretty good here after uh, three days of losses for the Dow. Lots of interesting setups. Gold gets to 1610. That's a six-year high. Dollar index highest since October. A lot to get to when the opening bell rings in just over seven minutes. You're watching CNBC's uh, Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world. The opening bell in just about... uh, Three and a half minutes. Busy morning. We're watching the coronavirus headlines. Jim, you said we're in somewhat of a lull here. Right. Why is that? Well, because I think that uh, what Mr. What Dr. Fauci was saying yesterday was there is some degree of containment. There are a bunch of. I mean, I know that when you t- when you point out anything uh, that is from China, uh, people don't believe it. But the Chinese Center for Disease Control and Prevention. I am very conscious that yes, you can go say it's a completely fraudulent outfit, but does talk about uh, some, let's just say, some positives about how they might come to an end to this, uh, and they're saying that we, that the public health measures they took are meaningful, and uh, that the patient death is not as bad. Uh, and, and I know you know people just say, well, you give me a break, but it does seem that. Things are a little better, okay? Uh, case fatality rates for male, 2.8. For female, 1.7. Uh, this is the over 80 group. And then, you know, uh, you look at this, 14.8%. So that's who's at risk. What I want to find out is what's the rate in America that there's so many people are dying? Is it that cohort? And there always seems to be some mitigating factors with the exception of a couple of young doctors. But um, this report, the epidemiologic epidemiological characteristics of an outbreak of 2019 novel coronavirus, China 2020, by under vital services from the China CDC Weekly. It's worth reading. I don't know if you've gotten a hold of it, David. I have not. I rely on you to uh, transmit well, these this, things. It, it, it makes me feel yeah. better. Okay? Now, immediately people are going to tell me it is a fraud. But on page six of this incredibly fraudulent document, you see that there's a convincing uh, decline in uh, all cases, in confirmed, uh, suspended, clinically well, diagnosed. That would be a good thing. Sir. I mean, look at this. For, look, uh, you look for, at this. For look. world health and also for the Chinese economy, which is where we've been focused yep. and continue to be in terms of getting manufacturing capacity back to significant numbers. Right. I wish uh, you could and show And opening this, up some of the provinces that have been essentially closed. Look at this confirmed case decline. Yeah, it's coming down. So, I mean, this is, again, this is a completely fraudulent, lying, horrible, ridiculous document Somewhat from China. Being sarcastic but there. yes, I am, because the Wuhan unrelated exposure is going down. And that to me says that the reason why Apple had to say what's going on is because you need that whole pass out of your house. Right. And once they change, this is remarkable. And I know that Fauci said something when he was interviewing, interviewed by Sarah and Wilf, but really shocked me, which is that kind of, uh, to paraphrase, when you have martial law, which means when you are willing to shoot people who leave the cordon, 
You can have some good luck. We can't do that here. We would not be able to get a court order to shut down California. But you know that they they don't have as much democracy we're discovering as um, us. Again, they just don't. And that's actually we've never seen someone a government authoritative government try to quarantine something since the Soviets decided to starve Ukraine in the 30s. Let's get to the opening bell here. Get the uh, S&P 500 at the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. The big board, it's Deutsche, featuring its Black Leadership Forum in honor of Black History Month at the NASDAQ Industrial Hardware Manufacturer, the Eastern Company. As we wait for Brett to fill in on this show Wednesday morning. I know, David, you've been watching Gish and some of the metrics we've gotten out of that company today. And David also corrected me that, uh, that Edison is from Milan, Ohio. Okay, thank you, David. You're welcome. You're welcome. Go ahead, dish. Dish the dish. We're going to talk dish? Yeah, well, that's, that was the segue. Oh, it was. Sorry. What? I was looking at... What, what were you thinking? I was looking at what? numbers, actually. I was looking at court-cutting numbers. Because uh, 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 Moffat Nathanson's out with their latest court-cutting numbers. But let's get to dish numbers as well. We talked about it at the very top of the show. Um, you know, people still look at the traditional number of people who are signing up or are actually still subscribers to the direct broadcast satellite business. But anyone who's followed this company closely knows the future is not about that business. It is about providing 5G nationwide. And that is certainly where one would expect Charlie Ergen, the company CEO, is going to get a lot of questions when the conference call takes place a little uh, later uh, this morning. Um, the numbers, though, on in terms of how many people were signing up and falling off were better than perhaps had been anticipated. Um, from the top, 14.3 million in the first quarter of 2010. That was their top subscriber number. They're now down about 5 million subscribers, roughly 35% or so, uh, where they are right now. However, churn was, up, uh, was better at 1.56, and overall the numbers were better in terms of the losses of uh, subscribers that they had uh, at DISH, which came in. I'm trying to, sorry, I got a lot of different numbers here I'm talking through, but they came in less than had been, or fewer than had been anticipated. Uh, and remember, they've got Sling, of course, which has proved to be one of the survivors in yeah. the over-the-top world in terms of aggregating programming, these virtual MVPDs that we talk about. Uh, court cutting continues the pace, though, and there are those who say, well, direct broadcast satellite, if you want to view it as its own category, is still losing at a very rapid rate when you consider what's happened at, uh, at direct TV as well. Something along the lines of, what, a 13% continued decline. Yeah, 13% uh, acceleration, even at this point. We know cord cutting just continues to pace. We know that what was somewhere close to 90% of all households in 2010 is down about 65% now in terms of taking it. But again, DISH is about being able to roll out a nationwide network. And the questions there are, can they really do it for the numbers that they're talking about in terms of the capital that's actually going to be needed for the company to, uh, well, to equip uh, the country to be able to offer that. Now, remember, they've got the MVNO at T-Mobile. That will uh, stand them in, in, uh, in business early and for a number of years to come. But over the next, let's call it seven years, they've really got a lot of work to do in terms of getting to 100% build-out. A lot of public works to be done uh, as well, given the requirements. You know, Moffat Nathanson points out that Verizon and AT&T each spent something like $200 billion over the last 10 years on building their networks. So 
So we'll see. Uh, Mr. Ergen, in his public testimony and privately with, the, with Judge Marrero as well, seemed to do a good job convincing him they would be a real player. And that was one of the key reasons that he cited in uh, approving of the deal, or, or at least saying no to the state AGs who were opposing the union of, uh, of T-Mobile and Sprint. So more on the call. We always hear from Ergen. Hopefully one of these days we'll have a chance to sit down with him as well in person and talk to him. All right. That'd be hope great. So. Hope so. Get to go out there? I hope so. Okay, that'd be great. Yep. Do you know, did you notice analog devices today, which is a I didn't. analog Tell company me about that analog makes chips devices. that a lot of them fall into devices, and yeah. they reported a number that looked good, and it's up seven. Uh, a sign again, like Micron and NVIDIA, that the semis are alive and well. Um, they're in, analog devices is in basically Internet of Things. Their devices are in everything. Cars. People love it. It's a remarkable market. I know things are, you know, there's, bears are telling me that they're feeling very endangered. And uh, I don't feel for them, but wow. Wow. Uh, you mentioned Bernstein on NVIDIA. They go to 360. They were at 300. Uh, oh. Quoting here, with the stock almost exactly back to prior peak levels, it is obvious that not growing more constructive sooner was an error. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, when you throw in the tail like that, a lot of people then say, oh, that's the top. No, that has not been the case. I mean, think about all the people who threw the talent at Tesla, 300, 400. We don't talk about them enough. That turned out to be not a talent. It was a good call. My God, Tesla's market value now again approaching 170 billion. It's not far from the highs that it saw during that parabolic. Remember, I said that I, I, I'm worried. I won't be worried until GM and Ford. Uh, if you add them up and double them, that they're that uh, Tesla's worth more than them. And yeah. well, there you go. I mean, 50. Not and uh, debt, just 30, 80. Value. So yeah. 80, it doubled. It's 160. Where yeah, is that? 170. Oh, so it exceeded yeah, my exceeded yeah. my price target. So, David, I'm bumping my price target. <laughs> That's what I would advise. Yeah, you I'm to taking do. my price target up right now. All right. So the stock's 917. Where's what's your price target now, Jim? I, 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 1017. Got it. 100. Okay, 100 points. This is what's going on. Now, uh, I, one of the things that's amazing is someone's tweeting me that his cab driver bought Tesla. So my my contention here is that. He's a bozo, and the cab driver's smart. What am I supposed to say? Huh? I bought five shares at 300. This is reminiscent of the late 90s, which this does. It is. Me of Remember when Qualcomm was supposed to go to 1,000? I do, but the fact is, Qualcomm is still with us and is still a very successful company. Right. Well, Amazon Tesla. is obviously a giant. There's just uh, not there a are, lot of there stock. There are a number of stocks from that period that are companies that not just survive but thrive, but yes, there are plenty that right. are. Let's, uh, just to put it mildly, overvalued. Well, hey, we've got an oil company going up. We've got Concho going up. That feels nice, doesn't it? See an oil company go higher? You know what else is going up is Apple after yesterday's brief slide, perhaps brief, we'll see, on uh, concerns about China on their at least inability. Uh, the evolving situation is what Tim Why was that stock not down? And now it's back up almost. Uh, How could it not be down 10 yesterday when the company's saying, there's issues with both supply and demand. 10%, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the answer is, is that people think, let's talk about what's really, no one wants to say this. People think that this thing's going to be solved. Of course. And that's what's driving things. And when it's solved, China has pumped so much stimulus in the economy that it could be a to the moon's Alice situation. The Chinese have been taught, you know, look, remember the Chinese don't allow selling unless you call the government, all right? Uh, hey, I'd like to sell some. Ten cent. Okay, we'll kill you if you do that. Capital crime. What do you think? 
capital crime to sell? Who the hell knows over there? But the one thing is absolutely true is that there is an undercurrent which just says the great minds are going to solve this. Now, it's interesting because the top scientists don't feel that way. But there is a great minds theory, uh, and it's, I think that views in charge. You disagree with that? Uh, not necessarily, no. There seems to be optimism well, this will be solved. And, and, you know, it will not become a worldwide pandemic at the well, very the, least. The other but thing. What the impact is going to be on the Chinese economy for this quarter and for quarters to come, I think, is very much still. Well, don't you think there was another major shift, which is that we heard that the president wants to increase commerce with China? That's directly the opposite of what we were hearing. That was, uh, yeah. But that, uh, that might have been a right post against the hardliners. Tweets and Eamon encapsulated for us uh, late he, in the show yesterday. But tweeting it all today? I was curious, Jim. Because yeah, it well, against, because it said that, that the against, Navarro camp is right, not in Navarro favor. Navarro camp is not, ascend, is not ascending its What do you think camp. of that? Mnuchin camp won. Secretary of Treasury won. And that means we're doing business with China. China's uh, pumping money into the economy. If we solve this thing, what? Kicking our journalists out of the country. Yeah. Free Wall Street Journal. That was a negative. Out. First time since 98 they've, uh, they've evicted a credentialed uh, foreign journalist. Pet, you know, they don't really. Uh, response to that journal. Their pet. First Amendment's very weak. But, Jim, not a lot of clarity when you have parts of the administration moving against or mitigating your ability to sell to China and then the president saying what he said. Well, the president made an about face and just basically said, look. Anything good, although Huawei is still is that, obviously. But that was in a tweet. Is there? Is that all it needs? In a tweet? David, that's like a presidential proclamation, for heaven's sake. Got it. In a tweet? I know. I should. What, do you act like it doesn't matter? Three plus years in. Where, what is he, I have to hold a press conference for you? He doesn't hold a press conference. He, he sits, stands outside with a nice coat, and he picks who he wants to, and boom. You ever cover the White House? Never. Cover once. Not in, not in my hands. Yeah. No one pointed at me. You know. They would never call me because I had this dirty corduroy jacket. And well, you've been living in your shirt. car probably not long yeah. before I, that. I couldn't get a shower Which president? What? Which president? No, this was the big race. The big race to elect Jerry Brown. Ah, nice. And he called me once and he said, wow, that's it. I said, that, why don't you break up the interstate highway system and stop the rural electrification grid? And he said, you don't have no idea what you're talking about. And I said, candidly, I probably don't. And that was the extent of it. Well, Jim, for the market's purposes, uh, if we could put uh, a lid on the coronavirus spread and get the MAX back. Today, American Airlines says it expects resumption of uh, MAX flights to happen August 18th. Boy, is that aggressive. Surprisingly specific. And that they'll gradually phase in uh, service in August and September. At the same time, uh, Boeing is going to court today to try to fight this request from lawyers representing victims of a crash uh, in looking for documentation about the air, aircraft's design. I, I hear the same thing, that things are accelerated. Not getting it, by the way, uh, Leon Koopman with an impassioned uh, call to buy United. Uh, I do hear that there things are going along. I do keep hearing that this, the question is, what are they going to call it? Are they going to stick with that 737 MAX? What are they going to call it? Do you know? I think they're going to stick with that, aren't they? And listen, you don't think that they're doing a great deal of work right now to understand public opinion and how to approach it and how I the will tell you will and how to work with the airlines? I think it's the safest place on earth right now. Safest plane. One would That's why I volunteered that to, to do be. my show. I volunteered to do Mad Money on the inaugural trip. 
and you, I, you, know, you do fly commercial no. after August, will you ask what model you're, what the equipment is? What makes you think I fly commercial? I fly. <laughs> um, uh, well, I ask. I, I will not because I think it's the safest plane on earth. Um, I, while I mean, and anyway, you can't hear me through my mask. <laughs> There's a, a number of secondary stories today as well. Uh, Nike, John Donahoe, elevates Heidi O'Neill, who was running e-com, to the consumer business. A very highly placed female. That was huge. That, that company, huge. Yeah, it, it looks like that the boys, you know, a lot of people felt that Mark Parker was running a boys, uh, boys club there. Nike, okay, huge business in China. They make them in China. And this stock is just hanging in there. I mean, I, I, look, I, none of us are used to this. Like Nike should be down big. There's somebody who's short this thing huge because it just made too much sense to short. I read that note and it made me want to go buy it. And Donna was doing a great job. It's a place with some very good people. Um, Nike. Bye, bye, bye. How is that possible? Speaking of bye, 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 was anyone on the Bed Bath & Beyond conference call yesterday? The other one I was going to mention. Uh, investing $400 million on remodeling and supply chain. Decluttering buybacks. Stores. They're going to buy. They have the possibility of buying back almost half. The, um, it was a very disjointed conference call, by the way. But how about, they, how about Macy's a junk yesterday? Wow. Talking about KHC. She's they, even they've done everything they can to try to clean up the balance sheet, not enough. I think that everyone's trying to get ahead of uh, some of the uh, what we've seen in the department stores. I, I can't blame them. I, I thought that, by the way, the Triton on, on Bed Bath, he, he laid out a case which just said, look, uh, I'm getting rid of all the bad stuff and I'll be fine. The reason why the stock's not up is nobody believes him. But I, I was wow. shocked at that Macy's downgrade. We've talked shocked. about Bed Bath, though, as an example of buying back stock. Go back far left there. That's when they were buying back the bulk of the stock. Well, they bought back much more than the company's worth now. It's LBO you and I pointed out for years. Well, yeah. And uh, then they decided to stop. Now they're going to start again. I mean, management there was because Jimmy Schill will not say when he fought a previous management. Horrible decisions in terms of allocation of capital. Agreed. Agreed. By the way, Costco, uh, half a buck from an all-time high, opening a new store, a second Chinese mainland store. Oh, in, my God, they're ready? In Shanghai, it was announced. So. Wow. I mean, I, I know that they told me when I was out there they wouldn't do it until they're absolutely ready, sea cucumbers being the most popular thing that they have there. Uh, a lot of people buzzing about a Costco special dividend. They would not confirm that to me. Uh, the one Shanghai store had to be closed after a couple hours because they had too much demand. They figured out what to do. They, they can put as many uh, stores in China as they have in the U.S. They can even double the share, the uh, store count. Uh, this is remarkable. They open it right now, a sign of uh, how well they're doing. And, of course, um, that's... Jelinek doing a fantastic job. David N. phase up big again. Remember, they make the converters to make it so your solar panels work. What the hell's happening? Okay. I think that's a good place to end, Carl. Yeah. NASDAQ record high. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Bob? Morning, guys. Uh, Nice update for the uh, Dow. Also, essentially new highs on the S&P. Apple's helping the Dow. J.P. Morgan. Some of the other names. Disney also moving here. And it's another generally risk-on day. Semi's doing great here. we got new highs at analog devices, at NVIDIA, uh, at AMD. Uh, Home builders have just been doing fantastic recently. New high there in the home building index. Consumer discretionary also new high. Not just the home builders, but, of course, you've got um, uh, Amazon uh, doing really well. You've got Home Depot doing really well. That's helping. Banks have been all over 
over the place, depending on the yields, but they're up today. Utilities on fire, new high yesterday, uh, taking a little bit of a breather today. Uh, in terms of the, where the markets have been, uh, th- this is this remarkable pattern with coronavirus. The response has really been very modest. I use January 20. This is roughly the time when everybody kind of woke up to this issue here. China, the big MCHI, uh, that's the broad ETF for China, only down 4% since this really became well-known. Shanghai's down 3 Nikkei's down 3 But look, there's the stock 600 in Europe. That's up 2%. That's not down. S&P 500 is up 1% since this all began here. This is a rather remarkable response given the potential knock-on effects of this in the first and second quarters. And it's always prompted this huge debate on the street about whether the markets are resilient. I've heard that word. And some people said the markets are delusional. I've heard that word, too. So which is it here? We've got this very modest drop in global equities, essentially none in the U.S. and Europe, modest over in Asia. Safe haven plays have been notably higher as at the same time. So utilities, bonds, gold, the dollar, they're playing it both ways. They're playing the markets in terms of uh, moving on the upside, the global economy, all right. And then they're playing a more defensive way. They're essentially trying to get it both ways here, and nobody's quite winning right now. In terms of what's going on with the, the SEC, I want to note here, they, they put out a statement this morning saying they have been in touch with U.S. audit firms about coronavirus. This is a, a little way of saying we're paying attention here. They discussed the exposure of U.S. companies to the virus, and they reminded everyone they have certain powers out there that they may have the power, they do have the power, to grant appropriate relief from filing deadlines. This tells me that there's been inquiries to the SEC about this, saying, listen, we don't know what's going on. Explain to us the rules here. And the SEC is reminding everyone that they can. So I anticipate you are going to see some firms that may ask for and be granted filing deadlines uh, from their reporting requirements because of coronavirus. Hasn't happened yet, but this is a clear indication the SEC is on top of this and watching developments. Finally, got a lot of discussion this morning about an article in the FT about the options business. It's expanding. It's booming. And there's a number of reasons why the options business is expanding. We have a whole sorts of new options available in the last few years. We have weekly options, monthly options, quarterly options. We never had this 10 years ago. Business is expanding. The type of options you can have are expanding. They're more affordable. Would you rather buy Tesla at this price or would you rather buy a call option on Tesla? Doesn't that make a lot more sense? Virgin Galactic or any of the FANG names? Who could afford any of that stuff? That may be a more affordable way to play the business. Retail investors are getting a little more comfortable. They're more educated than they used to be. And then you have all these momentum followers, commodity trading advisors, CTAs out there, they use options. And since trend following has become very big, momentum following, that's all helping the options business overall. And finally, if that doesn't impress you, just look at the biggest options player at all, the biggest play on options. That's what we used to call the SIBO commodity, uh, the uh, board, Chicago Board of Options. And you can see here, last 10 years, there is where the options business is going. That's SIBO. And this is the S&P 500. The options business game is outperforming the equities business game right now. And that's a sign that that options business growth is very, very real. Carl, back to you. Uh, thanks, Bob Bassani. Let's get to the bond pits. We haven't really mentioned that uh, PPI number from earlier today. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick. Good morning, Carl. You know, a certain methodology in PPI was changed in 2010. Those up half 1% on headline and core you know, they don't get any higher than that. Literally, uh, it's really an extreme measure. Now, whether that is an anomaly, because we're much more concerned as it moves down the pipeline into the consumer uh, arena, and obviously CPI last week wasn't nearly as hot, uh, and even the housing data, just unbelievable. Basically, we're looking at 13-year highs on those metrics with starts and permits. But having said all that, we're up one basis point across the curve, parallel shift, 
Tens are at 157. They closed at 156, which was over a two-week low yield close. And look at the intraday. We got what? A basis point out of those hot data points? Pay attention. When many investors say, oh, my goodness, what is the Treasury complex and low rates saying about the U.S. economy? Well, when you get very big, extreme data and the market doesn't move, you really have to think that hypothesis through. Now, look at a month-to-date of tens as we bounce along here. Uh, we can't seem to really get much of above 165. And finally, if we switch to the foreign exchange markets, which are a bit more aggressive in the other direction, look at a one week of the dollar index. It was treading water flat for a while, but at lofty levels, and it, boom, rocketed again. It is now at 33-month highs, and if you look at one week of the euro versus dollar, it's exact opposite. As a matter of fact, a much more aggressive exact opposite. It's down 10 out of the last 12 sessions, and it's at a 34-month low if you open the chart up to April of 2017. Carl, David, Jim, back to you. All right, Rick, we'll see you in a bit. Rick Santelli, we are going to continue to keep an eye on Tesla after Piper goes to 928. Uh, street high. Stock opens around 925, settling a little bit back here in the early minutes at 906. The Dow is up 84 points. We're back in just a moment. All but one of the fan components are in the green today. Netflix just barely down as Apple tries to reclaim Friday's close of 324.95. Dow's up 91, and we will get stopped trading with Jim in a moment. Jim, uh, let's get stopped trading. I know these casinos are opening up, Mikhail. I don't want to be there. I want to be at Penn National. That's the outfit that affiliated with Barstool. A very good piece out by J.P. Morgan, a primer about betting. Does not really focus on Barstool, but... This stock has been up and up and up, and I think that if you need a casino, why go to China when you can go here with very good gambling? All right. How about tonight? I've got an outfit called Everbridge. That's one of those reasons when you get that, like, warning, warning on your phone, like, you know, the Verizon blast, there's going to be a uh, flash flood. Yeah. And then Charlie Morrison Wingstop stocks uh, getting hit a little, but I, believe me, I think that Wingstop is a great business model. Comps up 12. It's a good, it's a good story. Well, We'll tell the good story. Yeah. I mean, how's, how's it? I was surprised. Digital, 39% of revenue. Oh, no, they have the day of tremendous, you know, the door dashes. Uh, it's a terrific story. I tried to uh, ask them if you could ever get a franchise. You have to have so many different McDonald's successful franchises, even to get a Wingstop. And Wingstop is fantastic. All right, Jim, we'll see you at six. Yep, I'm going to hit up. Galactic versus Galactic in 90 minutes. We'll see, you on the, see you on the moon. Yeah, yeah sure. I'm going to the sun. Boy, it must be hot up there. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.